Welcome to Halloween special episode of Draw, Lose or Draw, a podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Last year we brought you our top 10 spooky moments following the Jags where we looked at some pretty terrifying games that we've all been to. This year I'm once again joined by David Forrest. David, hello. Hello, it's golf Christmas. It's the, the greatest feast in my people's um, year. Yep, happy Halloween. And Mark Wallace. Mark, how are you? I am alright. Um, gonna be honest, not really into the whole Halloween thing. People like think the last time I dressed up, I was about eleven, and I went as Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. So like, that was twenty years ago. So yeah, that's keep the energy up, Mark. Come on, it's Halloween. <laughs> sure, all the listeners are in a, a very Halloweeny mood there. After after that, um, this year we are going to look at ten scary goals that Thistle have conceded in the past. Now, obviously, we haven't been to every Thistle game, so you might have seen scarier goals than these. We did put a a call on Twitter for you to get in touch with scary goals. Uh, They've all been considered, they've all been looked at, and we've whittled it down to a top 10. So we're going to go through them in reverse order up to number one. Number 10 was a goal from the 12-13 season, and I believe it was Friday Night Football at Hamilton, which by the time this episode airs, we will have played Friday Night Football at Hamilton. This has been recorded before it, so we hope there's no repeats of this. And it was in the 12-13 season when we had Graham Smith, the now-experienced goalkeeper. I think it was in an emergency alone with uh, Scott Fox out injured. And he punched the ball straight into his own net from a Hamilton corner, which really summed up the evening. We lost 1-0. It was it was a pretty tough watch, to be honest. We struggled away from home a lot in the earlier parts of that season. I remember Paul Payton was sent off on that night for a bad challenge. But just the goal itself, it was, it was, I think Graham only played three or four times for us and he never really covered himself in glory. And you could tell every corner Hamilton had that night, they were putting the ball right on top of him, testing him out. And I think it was one of the first ones. And he's just try it was right under the crossbar and he's just tried to punch it away. And he's miscued his his punch, the contact in the ball, and it's almost sliced off his knuckles and went into the goal. Hamilton claimed it was a goal direct from a corner, but I think everyone behind the goal that night will will put it down to, to Graham Smith. Uh David, that was probably just before you started going to this, but Mark, do you have any memories of that goal on that night? Yeah, I do. I, I was there. Um, it was... We, ha- we had for a good wee while until we actually played Hamilton again. And that's... He's made a really bad record against Nackies. Like, we, like, really rotten record, specifically at New Douglas Park rather than at Farhill. 
but this game, I just remember we were, I think this was when we were in our first real wobble that season when Morton and Dunfermline were up there or possibly even ahead of us. But like we were in the middle of this like wobble and I remember just like not being totally convinced by this, by Graham Smith at all. And yeah, like he, he just punched the ball into the back of the net and we get beat because we get beat off Hamilton in the cup as well. And that was like a 40-yard goal out of nothing with like five minutes of extra time to play in the League Cup, I think. Yeah, so like we didn't have... Hamilton wasn't a happy hunting ground for us then and it certainly continued until uh, like February or March that year. Just wanted to add, I'm, uh, I noticed that our list is, is very Scott Fox free and I'm happy that we're just going to have that for next year's Halloween special, Top 10 Scott Fox Blunders, uh, which I think is, you know, that's set in stone already. I'm here for it. We've done Scott Fox a solid. I think he was only maybe in goals for for one of these goals. Yeah, but we've definitely done Scott Fox a, a massive solid here. But uh, we'll get him back next year. It's number nine. David, I'll come to you for number nine. And fittingly, it was on last Halloween, the 31st of October last year, when we took the trip up to, to Cove Rangers and lost 1-0. And our captain, Ross Docker, he was at fault. Tell us about that goal. Christ. Uh, so this game, Mike, we, Cove Rangers had really offered nothing for the whole game at all. We hadn't offered much to be fair either, but it was now now all the way through. Cove Rangers had offered pretty much nothing all game and we'd been a bit, a bit scared about Cove, you know, this attacking flamboyant team in League 2 um, at home, their formidable side. And they offered nothing against us and we weren't exactly amazing either, but, you know, it, it, we were very disappointed with Cove's attack. And then, of course, in stoppage time, deep in the box, the ball comes to Doherty, and Doherty, for some insane reason, decides, I'm going to play this from out the back, I'm going to make a run, and immediately is dispossessed by a Cove player who then just slots it past into the goal. And it was, um, yeah, it was just it was just baffling, and it was infuriating. I remember everyone at the time just being how, how stupid a move it was from Doherty not to just hoof it up the, up the park. I mean, it, it very much reminiscent of that uh, Scotland England game. Uh, you, you know the one uh, where he just had to clear the ball, and then that was it. And he didn't clear the ball, and it, it cost us. And yeah, um, a spectacular goal on a spectacular day. Absolutely. Cheers. That's, I keep trying to block it. That's your Armstrong instant. But God Almighty, my bad. memory of the the Cove game was it finishing and. We were sat, I think, with three points after three games in League One. And I sat and I was like, it's Halloween. We're staying in. I think we were on lockdown. I just get pissed. Sat and drank two bottles of wine, I think, still on the call to you, David. And then my uh, partner came upstairs and went, oh, my dad's coming around to, to, uh, to lift up a floor. Can you give him a hand? And I was miserable and absolutely out of my bin. I was like, I'm in no fit state. <laughs> To be, to be lifting up any flacking belly, lift myself up, never mind lift a floor up. And he came round and ended up just sitting with, I think, Hearts Hibs were in a, a Scottish Cup semi-final or something like that. We just sat and watched that. I, I also remember that was, 
I don't think Clyde had pixel art at the time. I this is our first full Ferrari into awful pixel art streams. I watched this goal back for this, and um, I thought I was steaming watching it. It was it was swaying from side to side. I was getting motion sickness. It was it was horrible. And yeah, a, a dark time for us all. I think this period's um, not great. Number eight. Mark, I'll come to you for number eight. Number eight was as recently as last month, a day that you had quite a day out up at Inverness, and so did Jamie Snedden. Aye, um, to be fair, uh, both of us were, were nearly winding up swinging for. Uh, things uh, I would have probably connected, Jamie Snedden did not. This season so far, in the games we've lost, I've, I feel like a lot of our uh, defeats this season have been entirely self-inflicted. It's, that sounds maybe a wee bit arrogant, but a lot of it has been very self-inflicted and this goal was very much that. We hadn't come out of this, into the second half particularly strongly. Inverness had finished it really well. They were putting us under pressure. They got the equaliser, like Kurt Broadfoot just goes in amazing. Buys a ticket, won a raffle, similar to that. Uh, the Rory McAllister goal that David was describing, where Docherty just tries to dribble out and McAllister just takes it off his toe and buries it. It's the same with the Broadfoot goal, but the Sned, this one for Shane Sutherland, like, I've no idea why uh, Snedden didn't have any cover in that channel. Like, why someone like Akinola wasn't there or there was another defender there just saying, look, just get that away. Or why is Snedden not shouting? I just can't get my head around uh, how ridiculous that goal is. It's just proper Keystone Cop stuff. Because I'm pretty sure, like, I I can't remember last month. I can't remember last night, never mind last month, but I'm pretty sure I had my head in my hands next to you guys at that game, just like, what the hell just happened? It, it was so weird, because I, I think he just got caught in two minds at the edge of his box. I think he was going to catch it, and then he thought, oh, I'm going to bow my box here. And his brain just didn't process, I should head it quickly enough. And he just thought, oh, I can't catch it, so I, I need to leave it. And I think that's just what happened in his head. But I, a bizarre goal. Unfortunately, David, for number seven, Jamie Snedden was in goals again. This one wasn't all his fault, but an absolutely atrocious day for you and everybody involved at Fur Hill for Scott Tiffany, now um, our left winger. (laughs) scoring at Fur Hill in that sort of dead period between Christmas and New Year under Gary Caldwell. So talk us through that, that goal and that day. Oh, God. This this is the worst day I've ever had at Fur Hill. I went to my my friend from school who came over from Belgium the night before, and we have a, a thing where I'll say I'll be in by 11 o'clock at night, and then I invariably get a taxi home at half three every single time. And this had happened the day before this game. And I had got spectacularly melted and 
want I woke up in the morning wanting to die. I seem to remember you uh we were there was an old firm game that day, so it must have been like New Year's Day or something like that. Uh, but there was an old firm game that day. No, I think um, it was it was no like the twenty eighth or the twenty ninth of December because that's when they usually play that old firm now. Uh, yeah, it, it was something it was, like it that. Was the dead period between it, Christmas and New Year. Yeah, but nobody knows what day it is. Um, but I I woke up and we were going to watch the Rangers Celtic game in the Woody, uh, confirming all our big teams. And I get a message going twelve o'clock at the Woody. I no bother. That's fine. Went to bed, melted, woke up, and then I seem to remember at twenty past one. Uh, having about 14 missed calls as I lie on my couch watching the Rangers Celtic game with a giant bottle of Lucasade and got a taxi into the Woody. Um, I felt like I was going to be sick all day um, to the point where I bought a pint of milk on Mary Hill Road and tanned it on the way up to the grounds and get milk in my scarf and everything. It was horrible. And then, of course, we, we go to the game. Uh, we're under Gary Caldwell, which is never a good start. And then... Um, this this Morton game. It's a Fistle versus Morton game, which are always just very agricultural, just rotten game. Um and we were on the family stand. Now I w- I was too um ill, if my work ask, um I was too ill to really shout any abuse. But Matt Wallace wasn't and he was in fine form that day. I was People. where at one point a guy told me to stop fucking swearing. Exactly, yes, and he was absolutely right. Uh, yeah, people were like trying to get you ejected. I went and sat in the commentary spit uh, with the Jagstone commentators because I was so mortified and hungover that I just couldn't process it. And then I kind of thought, right, you know what? I'll go. I should go back and see him. Went back, and then Tiffany scored this fucking goal. I believe it's just. The de- the defense don't know what they're doing. Tiffany gets gets the ball. They 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 absolutely fucking fill their knickers trying to cr- try to scramble it back, and he just lobs Nedden from about twenty five yards out. And I think we all just like a collective groan of just, I this is exactly what we deserve, both as people and as a club at this point, because fuck me, it was so so bad. Aye, Gary Caldwell tried to make chicken salad out of the chicken shit we had before, like, he did ring the changes and keep us up. Like, Caldwell tried to, like, make that absolute disaster of a squad that Archibald built at the start of the season work was ostensibly one of the most awful things I've had to witness. And I have, I, like, have been to see uh, Dick Campbell's Partick Thistle. So yeah, it was it was bad, very very bad. It was absolutely atrocious. But what we saw on the pitch that day was was not as bad as what we saw in the stands. Um, we'll move on to number six. Number six is a goal that was sent in to us, I believe, by um, Ewan Donoghue. It is a relegation decider against Air United, and I'd never seen this goal. Mark, do you want to talk us through it? It's from 1998. It is an absolute belter. I can only imagine the reaction if this was scored uh, today. Right. Um, I want to, This is before my time. I think it's actually, it might even be before you were born. I was but... alive. I was alive. Probably couldn't construct a sentence, but I was alive. Thankfully, whenever I have to uh, 
talk up a disaster class against their United. I have um, my trusty friend, Mr. Derek Holland, on hand to fill in the blanks for me. And this is one such occasion. Thistle get a free kick, and Ian Ferguson is less than 10 yards away um, in the middle of the centre circle. And for some reason, the Thistle players just stop. Ian Ferguson takes the ball off them, runs clean through on goal, and fires the ball into the net. Now, this game was important. We It was between us and Air United. For If we won, uh, we would finish eighth. Air would finish ninth. Air would go down. But if Air won, we would go, we would go down. This was at a time when we were literally like, a ball here away from our box. This is save the Jags. Absolutely on our knees stuff. And we've put in this performance, this Ian Ferguson goal gives air the lead. We do equalise on halftime, but like this, like, I can't, like, there's another goal against their United coming up in this countdown, sorry for the spoiler, and like, it's splitting hairs between us, like, as to what the fuck actually happened. Like, I've, like, you could genuinely full-blown, like, uh, Homer Simpson take notes, like, nah, none of this, none of this computes. You could stick. You could get one of the big Glasgow Uni professors with the big blackboard with the all the algorithms and whatnot on the board, and even he'd be like, "Nah, I've not got a clue, mate." Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It's just so bad. Like I don't understand what what anyone in party crystal colours are are thinking. Like fair play to Air for like realising what's happening and taking advantage of it, but. It's like they'd never played football or didn't understand the concept of a free kick. I don't even think so Ferguson knows what he's doing either. <laughs> I think he's just went, eh, oh fuck, aye. Like, it doesn't, the, 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 the video in question, I don't know if there's another video, because it's obviously been taken off in the Football First programme, but like, the guy's like, put the Nesson Dorm over the top of it because he's, like, he's heavy in love with it and Air fans consider it like one of the big moments for them in their sort of distant past, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But I'll need to see if there's, like, an actual, like, proper recording of that on somewhere or if somebody's got it, because I am desperate. Because with the commentary, if there's like, somebody, like, describing it, I might have a bit more of a, a sort of way to analyse just why we stopped, like, why there was a glitch in the Matrix before the Matrix even came out. Can you imagine, like, you're talking about how if this happened now, we talked about how bad Mark was at the Morton game, that would be all three of us if this happened in proper Save the Jags territory and we just conceded this goal. We'd, we'd Mate, be on the pitch. Off when Doolan's goal get disallowed, if that happened, I'd be finished. Like, I, I, like, I don't know whether I'd, whether I'd like, die of embarrassment or be huckled. At least, I like, can't get Doolin, my head around that goal at all. The Doolin goal was at least in a game which was fairly inconsequential. It was like really early in the season and we won it. This was like a relegation decider that was like a crucial goal in it. It's, it's insane, really, when you think about it. I can't believe I'd never seen it before. Anyway, congratulations to Air for having one of the greatest moments in their recent history 23 years ago. So good for them.
five. <laughs> Number five in the countdown, which um, fittingly uh, came in a 5-1 defeat at Capolo. And it is, I believe, Michael Tidzer's goal from a stupid distance out. And Mark, you'd already left the ground. David, I can't even remember if you were there. I think you were at a gig. Uh, yeah, I dislocated I, my shoulder that day, yeah. You you're the best day out of all of us then. Oh, Jesus. Cammy Bell's put in, like, an absolute nuclear bomb of a performance in goals right he's it's like individually the worst performance i've ever seen he's at fault for three possibly four Cammy Bale should be up at the hague for what he did that night i firm agree i can't i sort of described what i think was going through jamie snedden's head it was probably a worse mistake snedden at inverness but i cannot even begin to describe what i think Cammy Bale was doing here the ball falls to tidster and he, he must be like He's out wide, probably just wider than the penalty box. And 35, 40, 45 yards from goal, all in when you consider the angle. And he, and I don't understand Bell's positioning where he's so far out of his goal and offering up the whole goal, even if the ball has just broken to Tidza. And then he does have all that time to just sort of take a couple of steps across and pick it up. And he tries to dive and save it. And you're like, okay. And he like dives. See if you like, you teach your dog to do a dance. And then you shoot your dog while it's on like, its hind legs and it like plays dead. That's what Cammy Bell was doing. He like, just fell to the floor and fell over the ball. And the ball goes in like right in the middle of the goal. It's obviously a, a decent hit by Tidzer to, to hit it with that sort of pace and accuracy. But it's not in the corner. It's not a what you describe as a rocket. It's just emba- like embarrassing goalkeeping. And then obviously about two minutes later, the floodlights all burst because they were obviously just pissing themselves laughing at us as well. But, um what day that was? Ah, uh, yeah, about that. Uh, having to um, listen from Cartstike Station in absolute vertical rain, listening to Bob the Builder's team music playing because Bob McHugh scored uh, two goals for Martin in that game. Um, that'll that'll stay with me. Like that 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 chilled me to my bones. Absolutely. Nam style flashbacks of that at least once a week. Number four. <laughs> Mark, I'll come straight back to you for number four in the countdown. Number four is a, a goal from 2009, and it's the now chief executive of the SFA, Ian Maxwell in a game against Clyde, so talk us through it. Maxwell still blames Johnny Tuffy for this. By the way, like he takes no blame for this whatsoever. I asked, I've asked him about it a couple of times, like, definitely wasn't my fault. But, well, if he is not, um, I don't know. Um, this game, right, Clyde were in an absolute state in the 2008-2009 season, and we were going for promotion with St Johnston. We were, like, we were always a bit behind, but like, so Johnson, had, we, I remember we went to East End Park. We hadn't won at East End Park for about 15 years. And we won uh, we won 1-0. Gary Harkins scored a penalty and St. Johnston lo- uh, lost to Livy. And then I think this was the next game. And um, Maxwell goes to play it. He's kind of out wide. Kind of, kind of like the Tidzer thing. Like he's out wide. And like he goes to like just 
he just like, smashes it back to Tuffy in the goal. And Tuffy is like standing like literally like one pace too far away from the ball. And like he goes to like punt it and it goes under his boot and it flies into the back of the net. And Clyde, Clyde win 1 0. And it's proper head and hand stuff. Because it wasn't that long after the the Gary was it Gary Neville and Paul Robinson for England against Croatia it was pretty much like when, it, when the ball hit a divot and it, he got completely wrong footed and they lost two 0 It was like pretty much like that. And like it's like we lost one 0 to Bomber Browns Clyde, and when you consider how bad Bomber Browns Clyde were gonna get after this it really does take some doing. Not only was it like a loss to Clyde, but it was like an important loss to Clyde in the context of a season where we maybe, like, I don't think we probably would have beat that St. Johnston team to promotion when you consider it, but like we probably could have run them even closer than we did, and this was one of the chief reasons why we didn't. A tough scene. Number three. <laughs> I think we've got a similar goal against Clyde as well coming up later on the countdown. I know more spoilers, apologies. But David, I'll come to you for number three. And number three, uh, the reason I'm coming for you for number three is this. It, it hurts me too much to talk about it. It was Danny Devine scoring a goal for Dunfermline against us. Secretly, I I kind of love this goal because it was it was incredibly funny. Like we were really bad. I see. Remember that the, this was the second game at East End Park that season. The first one, I don't think Dunfermline had won at home in about three thousand years. And we went and go well. At the very we we can take this team, and then they just completely. <laughs> ran rings around us and we done nothing and you're like well I can't get any worse the second time round and then um, but I remember this season I think this is the season where every single team in the championship had a note like a notable ex Fissile player in the team so like Devilman had Divine they had Iggy routinely we were getting games where ex-Fissile players scored against us to the point where it'd become a running joke where who's who played for Fissile in the team, put them on. But um, and we, we and running up to this, we we had talked about how rubbish Danny Devine was for us for months um, leading up to this. And Matt was like, if Devine scores, I'm done. I'm just sacking football off because you could see it from about three weeks out, what was going to happen. It was a guy we'd talked shit about for months, was playing against us, and we were quite bad. And we were really bad in this game. I believe it was it was 1-0. Bruce Anderson uh, had scored, and we got so desperate that we brought off Dylan and McDonald and put on Lewis Mansell and Suleiman Koulibaly for like his second appearance ever that wasn't a reserves game for us. And... Um, we were all so excited because it was like, like he's just ch- he's just chucking the dice and seeing what happens. And um, turns out they'd, they'd done nothing, but we thought we can get back into this. And then I believe it was, uh, I think his name is Ryan Blair. Is that right? Uh, the Dunfermline player. 
he hit yeah, across. Yeah, Ryan Blair, he used to play for Falkirk and Swansea. Yeah, yeah, so he hit an across to Danny Devine, who headed it in past Connor Hazard. And <laughs> I just burst out laughing. And I just looked at you. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> it was just the funniest thing ever when I just looked at you. And you were just you completely heartbroken. It was it was incredible. It was so predictable. Hey, well. I was that was depressed. I was that depressed <laughs> after that game. I posted a photo of my when I was sitting at the game and I put a fucking caption for Dido's white flag. <laughs> Overly happy at man. So this is what it feels like to have your insides ripped out and shown to you, is it? Yeah, and he he was a happy one. Matt was Matt was even more depressed. It was just it was so predictable. You could have predicted it literally like nine months in advance that this is going to happen, and it was it was uh, t- terrible. Yeah, the writing was on the wall for us at Dunfermline that season because Christy Elliott had an absolute nightmare in that game, and my pal nearly ran over a pensioner in the car park. Like you could have t- like, like from the beginning, just Dunfermline was just never going to be a thing for us. Uh, the, the Christy Elliott goal you mentioned, Mark, unlucky to miss out. It was shortlisted for this countdown. But um, as you said, David, I think I tweeted in the summer when Devine was announced that if, if he scores against us at any point this season, I'm done with football. And it was the most predictable thing ever, but also the most the most frustrating thing. People talk about low points in the last like three or four years and people will point to like Levy get, getting relegated in the playoff by Levy. The Morton 5-1, but that cold February evening, midweek when Danny Devine scored passes and it, it did take me a second to clock who it was, it didn't, the, the realisation did not dawn over me immediately it was, it was me sort of running away. You, I think it was, it was, like, I was, it was, was sort of running away and I was like was that Devine? And then I think the stadium announcer, uh, goal scorer for Dunfermline and, and that was me that was me, I've never, I've not really been the same since to be honest, I, um, pointing back to that moment, I've, I've not been the same person since, it was, it was awful Anyway. Number two. Number two, a very similar goal to number four against Clyde. So, Mark, we'll come back to you for this one. A Stuart Banzo Bannigan, one goal. And as we mentioned earlier, this is the one goal where Scott Fox was involved. So, Mark, talk us through it. I can't work out what the fuck he was thinking. I I, I can't play football at any decent level, right? But, like, I imagine it's, it's obviously much more difficult than my fat drunk arse sitting watching games through the sidelines and doing this and doing that. But this goal, I can't work out what the hell Banzo was thinking. Maybe, I, like, I don't know if he was just, like, if he was like too up for it, because like he's like one of the people who's been like he's like he's been there and all of this, and he knows that rather than like he's up for it because he knows that the Clyde players will be up for it type of thing. So like, and he just like batter again, just batters the ball back to Fox, and I just remember seeing Fox like running back and like oh for fuck, because like, I'm behind the goal, so like I'm I'm just like looking at it going oh Jesus no I can't. Because we were cruising in this game. He goes and does that, and you're just like, this is all we need, giving Clyde a fucking lifeline, you know? It's just like, can I get my head around it? 
proper head scratcher. Yeah, just it's just against them. It's not even that they're at a rival. It's just a kind of horrible club at the moment, and you just don't want. You just I hate playing Clyde just because of all the baggage with it. And just him, just this own goal. I was like, oh Christ! But yeah, Clyde celebrated this like they'd won the Scottish Cup final, and it's 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 really funny when they do that. It's just that old thing, isn't it? When you pass it back to your goalie, don't pass it in between the posts just in case you learn that at such a young age. But players will learn one day. But um, congratulations to Clyde for managing to score two goals at Fur Hill in one of the biggest days out in your recent club's history. So, so well done for that. Number one! Well, we'll move on to number one in the countdown, and I think we're all pretty unanimous on what number one was. It was the most suggested goal when we put the call out on Twitter, and as Mark hinted at earlier, it was against air. And if you watch it, if you have not seen the goal before, you will struggle to work out who's attacking, with Christy Elliott running the ball right across his own six-yard box before putting a, a great clearance-slash-cross into an air forward to tap it into the a pretty much open goal. So, David, I'll come to you first on this one. What do you remember of this goal in this match? The the, the the ball control, the agility that he he done this run with would have been amazing if it was the other end of the pitch, but it wasn't. It was, it was in our own box. And it's just... You, you know that when you're watching it, you're like, Right, what's he doing here? What what actually is he doing here? And as the, as the steps go by, you're like, no, really, what are you doing? Please stop. It. What the fuck? You just by the end, you're just screaming <laughs> to do something. And Jesus Christ, man, this is <laughs> so bad. It's incredibly bad. I mean, I think everyone, most Pistol fans, really loved Christy Elliott when he was here. It was various points where he seemed one of the only people who actually gave a fuck. Moments when lots of people had chucked it. He always gave everything for us. He was a great servant of the club, a good guy, <laughs> but he has this blotch, this irreversible mark on his legacy. Jesus Christ, man, this is just, it's, it, it defies explanation. It's beyond words. I can't remember if this sort of meme was ever created, but it was like Christy Elliott without a captain's armband is Cafu. But Christy, like, with a captain's armband is, like, Mark from Peep Show playing fives. It was that, like, three-month period where Elliot was the captain. And every single week he, like, chucked a goal in. So he had that goal. He had the one at Dunfermline. He gave penalties away. Like, I, I think Archie's last game, he gave a penalty away. He was just horrendous. And then he gave up the captain's armband. And he was back to sort of his old self, bombing forward. Like, obviously not. Apart from when he played at centre-half at Capello in the 5-1. We don't blame him for that, right? That was out with his control. Obviously not the greatest defender at right back because he started as a striker and then a winger. But as David said, always gave us all. But that three-month period was absolutely horrendous. And I think if you look at that game as a whole, it was 2-0 at home today on the League Cup. I wonder if there's ever been a 2-0 with such contrasting goals because you had that absolutely atrocious goal, which was just hilarious. And then the 40-yard Shanklin volley, which was one of the best goals We've seen it for how it was such an amazing contrast in goals. Mark, do you have any thoughts and memories of that goal that day? Yeah, the, the, the thing that gets me about this game, I met my mates who are air fans before it, and the thing is the Elliot, the, the Elliot goal, own goal, Moffat's, Michael Moffat's goal, but Elliot's 
mistake. It's like two minutes into the game. It's like they hang air kick off and they and they fucking launch it down the park. And Elliot gets the ball. He's like try to play out of the right hand channel, and then he goes backwards. And I'm like, risky. He then starts dribbling along like the like the byline towards the six yard box, and I'm like, what is he doing? What is he doing? And then he goes to clear it, Moffat's there and taps it in, and I'm just like, okay, this is actually going to be a really bad because there's going to be a really bad season because we started the League Cup campaign really well. I think we'd won our three games, beat Stenny, beat Albion Rovers, and I think we'd beat played... Morton at home, the Jack Storer goal. Yeah, so we'd won our first three games in the League Cup, and this was the like. Like the, the sort of decider against like McCall's side that had just come up. And I still, I just cannot comprehend what he was thinking. And it's, this is genuinely so out of character for Chris Daly. Chris Daly, one of my favourite Thistle players. Like, I honestly saw him, I could have saw him getting a testimonial. I really did. I really saw him getting a testimonial because I thought I could, because like he started as a striker and then he's, he's like a winger. And a sort of centre forward and was no bad. And then he sort of moved into midfield and then to like right back. Like just seemed like a mainstay. And then he goes and does this. And then you've got the Shanklin volley, one of the best goals I've ever seen at Furhill. Uh, that probably would have been, or should have been, a shot across the bows for the whole Cammy Bell's not really that good a goalie. Because Cammy Bell was not very good for that either. In the words of, of Craig Levine, regrets? No, it's a good laugh, isn't it? Well, David, Mark, thank you for joining me on this Halloween special. Thank you for listening to Draw, Lose or Draw. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Draw, Lose or Draw and listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify and iTunes. Stay safe and buy a season ticket. Stay safe and wear a mask. It's fucking Halloween, Mark. Come on. That's true. That's true. <laughs>